Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. So glad you're joining us today. I have a question for you. How do you view life? We're going to be challenged this month to see if we can view life as an enjoyable game. But I wonder how often that isn't our experience of the world. My thought is that probably about half the time my view of life is not quite a pleasurable game, but maybe a little bit of a struggle, maybe a little bit of a I don't know, attempting to move out into the world in ways that the world doesn't necessarily wish to accept me. (laughs) I guess that's a nice way of saying that all my opportunities seem blocked now and then. Not always, not always, but frequently I find myself saying, if this is a game, I either don't know the rules or it's a game I don't want to play. Well, this month we're going to be picking up Florence Scoville Shin's book, The Game of Life and How to Play It. And her thesis statement is that we really do have a choice and that so much of our experience of the world is based on how we think about the world. Now, I don't know whether by the end of this month we're all going to be saying, what a breeze. Life is simply a joyous game. But I do suggest we might be feeling more like that. We may have more of the tools that we need and want to have a better enjoyment of life. Um, Before I get started, though, let me read the foreword. This is by Joel Fontinos, and, uh, and I enjoyed his foreword to the book. He says, life is difficult. Everything seems so hard. I'm always broke. I'll never find my soulmate. Work is a grind. Nothing ever seems to work out for me. But wait... Is that true, or is it just what we tell ourselves? Is it possible that we make life so much more difficult than it needs to be? And is it even remotely possible that life can be fun, that life could be an enjoyable game? That is the premise of Florence Scovelshin's classic masterpiece, The Game of Life and How to Play It. Originally published in 1925, The Game of Life and How to Play It has never been out of print and over the years has sold millions and millions of copies. Originally self-published by the author because no publisher would accept it, this book has gone on to influence people from all walks of life, from business leaders to spiritual teachers such as Louise Hay, Norman Vincent Peale, and Emmett Fox. As you read this book, be prepared to see your life in a new way. Shin is clear that we have a choice in how we perceive the world and our lives. Not only that, but we have a responsibility to elevate our attitudes and thoughts. This, in turn, changes everything. She doesn't leave room for doubt, complaints, or procrastination. Fair warning. Follow the positive ideas in this book, and you will see positive effects in your life. Well, by now you've probably gathered that this is the summer of spiritual principles and laws. Last month we talked a lot about spiritual laws, and we're going to continue with that this month. 
talking about the rules of the game. So if last month we called them spiritual laws, this week you might think of them as the rules of engagement. How do we play this wonderful game of life in ways that are uplifting, that allow us to be more ourselves, to move forward in ways with greater abundance, greater love, and greater health? So what if I were to tell you that life is a game, and there are rules around this game. I, I'm reminded of a game that I learned, oh, a few years ago at the hands of Reverend Lynn Johnson, my predecessor here at the center. She and I used to get together with friends and play cards. And on one of her trips down to Mexico, she came back and she said, oh, I have a, a new card game that we have to learn called Hand and Foot. And you're going to have a lot of fun playing it. And uh, she, so she started dealing the cards. And I'm like, well, what are the rules? What are the rules? How do we play this? And she said, oh, I'll just teach teach them as you go. And so, she, well, she, you have to admit, that does sound like Reverend Lynn, right? And so we're playing along, and I'm kind of getting the hang of it. And then there's kind of a plot twist in the middle of the game where these cards that so far have not been exposed, a whole set of them get turned over, and you, you start playing uh, like a new, brand new game in the middle of that one. And then towards the end, of course, someone wins. And I'm stuck with a whole bunch of cards in my hand. And then she tells me that those count against me. <laughs> Through this whole game, I was just barely one step behind each one of these rules that she would lead out. Not only did every card in my hand count against me, the cards had different values. Like I would have gotten rid of those face cards a long time ago <laughs> if I would have known they were going to count against me, right? Well, I think that's our approach to life sometimes, right? We're always in a learning mode, and I get that, and I don't even mind that. But wouldn't it be nice if we could learn some of the rules ahead of time? Wouldn't it be swell if when we entered into a new phase in our life or, or some new project that we want to take on, that someone just sat down with us and said, okay, if you want to be successful, here are the rules, well, I'm happy to say that this book in the very first chapter talks about the basic rules of life, and I want to share them with you. Life is governed by spiritual laws. That's the first thing that she says in this book. Not so much what goes on the outside, but what's happening on the spiritual plane. She also says life responds to our thinking and beliefs. This sounds a little bit like what we were talking about last month, right? The idea that our thoughts become things, that the world responds to really how we approach life from the inside out. So if we're approaching life from a, that idea of we're all going to get along, we're going to make some progress here, there's plenty of money to go around, there's plenty of love to go around. When we approach life with that kind of attitude, with that kind of mentality, well, people are charmed by by that. And situations tend to iron themselves out. We really do make headwork in the world. So she says life responds to those thinking and beliefs. But she also said, and this wasn't so clear in other material we've read this summer, clear responses require clear input. So if we want a definite response from the universe, 
we need to have a definite ask. We need to have the visualization. We need to have the understanding and the ability to have some clarity about what we really want. Have you ever known someone that just knows what they don't want? <laughs> right? I, I tend to call them fussy people. You, you may have different words than fussy person, but I think in all of our lives we have someone who's the complainer, who no matter what is going on tends to find something wrong with it. Even in the most, the most sweet and blessed day, they'll come up with something that just is irritating to them and it kind of blows the whole thing. Well, the trouble with that attitude, the trouble with really claiming what we don't want is that we're never really telling life. We're not telling other people. We're not telling anybody, including spirit, what would charge us up, what would give us life, what would move us forward in our endeavors. And that is so much a key to this. The clarity of our mind is required for what we want and not what we don't want. And if it is true that our life proceeds from the inside out, you can also think about it this way. If we're spending all of our time complaining, that's our focus, that's our vibe we're getting off, we're apt to just get another collection of stuff to complain about right? We're kind of seeking it out, aren't we? We're, we're, we're scanning the horizon for all the little things that are annoying and wrong. Well, we're just apt to find more of them. So it makes sense in a, in a sort of double way to have that focus on what it is that would really be lovely in our lives. What does love feel like? What does joy feel like? For me, if I had to describe to the divine what pure and utter joy is, what would that description be? Because when that fills up my mind, when that fills up my actions, when that fills up my ideas, that's the vibe I'm putting out, and people respond to that. People say, I want to invite him to my party, <laughs> right? People want to say, what a delightful person to be around. And that delight attracts more delight. And pretty soon you have a whole community of smiles supporting one another, reveling in that idea of joy and moving forward in harmony. The other thing that she says and this, of course, makes perfect sense. A third of her little rules about the game of life is that we need to remove thoughts and ideas that are counter to our desired outcome. So if you have doubts about what it is that you would enjoy, if you have concerns about something in the nature of, of where you want to move forward, doubts about your success, doubts about your relationship, fears, those will all put the brakes on. Those will all counteract that vibe. Those will all tend to slow down or even be counterproductive in the sense of realizing your dreams. So to recap really quickly, what are the basic rules of life. Now, throughout the month, we're going to talk about some more specific ones. But the basic rules of life, she has summarized just in three. Life responds to our thinking and beliefs. Clear responses require clear inputs, right? We need to have some alignment. We need to really know what it is that we want to experience. 
And we also need to remove thoughts and ideas that are counter to the outcome we desire. So let's move on. The second chapter of the book talks more specifically about what she calls the law of prosperity. Now, those of you who've been in New Thought or attended this kind of a a spiritual center are more familiar with what other people call the law of attraction. Now, this was before the, quote, law of attraction was even invented, right? Back in the early part of the last century. So she called it the law of prosperity. But she also framed it a little differently than we're used to. When we talk about the law of attraction, the definition that we typically use is we will attract into our lives what we focus on. So so typically, if you've seen a seminar of Wayne Dyer's or some of the discussions on Oprah Winfrey's old show or things like that, you're used to the definition, we will attract into our lives what we focus on. Ms. Shin does something a little differently. She says you will get what you're prepared to get. She's kind of a hard ass, if you don't (laughs) mind my uh, typifying this a little bit. You get what you're prepared to get. And so that leads me into this additional game of life. But first I have a joke about games. And I will just ask, are there any uh, people that really enjoy math in the room? One, oh, oh, thank God, because you are the only people that are going to actually get this joke. <laughs> but I couldn't resist it, and, and I'll try to tie it into the talk. We'll see if I'm successful. So Kurt and Jared were bored in high school math class, and one day they decided to play the calculator game. It's the game where you enter 1 plus 1 equals into your calculator and just keep pressing the equal sign. The goal is to see who can get the highest number while the math teacher is talking. I think I actually played that game in high school. It's kind of sad. Anyway, uh, Kurt and Jared waited until the teacher started talking, and the contest was on. Fingers were pushing the equal sign like mad. At the end of the period, Kurt and Jared compared results. Kurt showed his number, 5,318,008. Jared said, I don't get it. I was feeling so clever, and I thought I'd really figured out how to win by a mile but I'm still just at number one. Well, what did you do, said Kurt. Jared said, I know that multiplication makes numbers bigger faster, so instead of, instead of pushing one plus one equal, 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 I pushed one times one equal, 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 equal. Oh my God, some of you actually got it. <laughs> It's illustrating that if you don't know the rules, it's not going to turn out the way you want. So let's get back to this idea. You will get what you are prepared to get. You're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get what you ask for. You're not going to guess what you hope for. If you remember back to the beginning of the year, what we said intentions, right, as a New Year's exercise, you're not even going to get what you intend to get. You're going to get what you're prepared to get. 
So let me give you some examples, and I think it'll make sense a little better. In fact, let me use an example that my partner Daniel and I are working on right now. So some of you know we've had the dream for a while now to get a beach house, and we actually purchased some land down at the coast, was working with like three different contractors. Some of you know this story. It, it makes me cry a bitter tear a little bit. Uh, that, that seemed like deal after deal for getting a builder to put a house on that lot fell through. That was our dream, right? That was our intention. That was what we wanted to have happen. But after the third builder kind of fell through, what did Daniel and I do? We fell into the Zillow game. <laughs> Does everyone know what the Zillow game is? You keep pulling up Zillow, and Zillow, of course, is, is a kind of a real estate finding service. And so somehow our dream of building a house on our land was replaced with us settling for finding something already built down at the beach. And I would say, sadly, that was where our preparations were going. We were talking about maybe selling that lot, right? It's like plan B. And in the midst of our plan B, we'll sell the lot, we'll find a house, maybe we'll even find a nicer house. We're looking at hundreds and hundreds of listings, each one of them not really what we wanted. And we were saying things like, well, this would do, I guess. This one is sort of okay. This one has the yard we like. This one has the space we like. This one has room for the dogs to play out in the yard. But what were we doing? We were putting more emphasis on plan B than we were on plan A. We were preparing for something less than what we wanted. I got to tell you, Florence Scoville Shin came to my rescue just in the right moment. I started reading the book about a month ago, getting ready for this. And I got to tell you, our house has changed. We're not playing the Zillow game anymore. What are we doing? We're spending some time every day talking about this fabulous new house being built for us at the coast. Last night after dinner, we were picking out colors to paint it. A couple days ago, we were literally going through the floor plan. We have all the plans. Everything's ready. We're just missing that builder, right? We went through the floor plan, actually placing our furniture in it and visualizing us in this fabulous new house at the beach. We are preparing to be moving in to a beautiful house built on our land in Walport, Oregon. Do you see the difference? Do you see what can so easily happen? Now, I do think that we need to have strategies for life. I'm all for that. I'm all for the idea that we, we can have a plan and a backup plan. But I will tell you, when, if the backup plan isn't just as good or better than the primary plan, you better think about that. Do you really want to settle for less than your dream? Because if you are prepared, right? I'm using this word very carefully. If you're prepared to settle, what does this law says? This law says you'll get what you prepare for. So right off the top, you're 
really wiping aside your dream, and instead, I'll settle for this, I'll settle for this, I'm prepared for it to be this bad or this good only. It's kind of a new way of thinking about the law of attraction, isn't it? And so how do we make preparations? How do we prepare for success? Now, my example was building a beach house for us, a place to, to spend some time down out of the, out of the busy city here. But, but I know you all have different dreams than that. Let's, let's just classify our dreams as success. It might be success in a relationship. It might be success in finding a, a new job. It might be success in going back to school. It might be success in retirement or fixing up your house or whatever it might be. What do we do to prepare for success? Not to hope for it, not to dream for it, not to even intend it, but actually to prepare for it. First of all, back to her idea of the basic games of life, we have to have clarity on what we want. The clearer you are, the more you're creating a template for spirit to fulfill. If you say something like, I just want to be happy, that's all, it's not really very helpful to spirit, is it? Defining what happiness is to you would be really useful. Happiness for me is the freedom to do what I want. Happiness for me is easygoing relationships with the people I love. Happiness, do you see where I'm headed with this? I'm, I'm adding some meat to it. Now, spirit may even one-up you, but you don't want to settle for less than what you want. You want to go for the gusto. The other thing that she says as we prepare for success is to eliminate contrary thoughts. Now, this is a hard one, but it totally makes sense to me. When you have little voices in your head that tend to put up a fight around what you really want, you need to weed those thoughts out. I, I, I know an example, I, I, I've used it before. I was working with someone that was having money problems, and we worked so hard for many months, and she was doing affirmations and treatments and setting intentions for living the, the rich life, for having her bills paid, and so on. And, and we weren't getting anywhere. And I finally asked her, it just, there was something in my head, my intuition had me ask, what do you think about rich people? And she said, oh, they're all crooks. And it was like, oh, why have we been trying for like two months to elevate your sense of prosperity if you believe that becoming prosperous, you will be less of a person, right? So we have to pluck those thoughts out. If we have contrary thoughts to what we want and how we choose to be in the world, those have to be plucked out. The other thing that she said is we have to build a foundation of thinking about our goal as though we already have it. That was me and Daniel, right? We're already placing the furniture in the rooms of the beach house. That was me and Daniel choosing paint colors. We, we have already got our house in the mind of God. We better figure out what to paint it, right? It needs to be painted. <laughs> so we build a foundation of our thinking about our goal as though we already have it. Now, are we actually going out to buy the paint? See, it's not necessary. 
It's what we're doing on the inside that's important. We've picked out the colors. We've talked about what grade of paint we want to to withstand the, the strong winds and the salt spray down at the beach. That's all that's necessary. We don't have to commit ourselves to, to spending money on the outside because what's important is on the inside. That house is ours. The colors are picked out. We're ready. We're there already. The next one is an interesting one. We resist giving energy to backup plans or failure. How many times have you said, well, if this doesn't work out, dot, 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 or if I fail at this, I can always fall back on dot, dot, dot. You are preparing for the failure. And what does Ms. Shin say? You will get what you're prepared to get. So we visualize success. We talk about success. And the last thing that she says, which totally makes sense to me, in fact, if, if you follow the teachings of Jesus from the New Testament, where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst, right? She says, have your dream with someone else. So it's not just my dream. It's not just my beach house. It's our family's beach house. We're all in it together. We're as a team picking out the house colors. And this is really important because there will be days when you will mentally falter and you will need the help of a practitioner. You will need the help of a friend. You will need the help of a loved one, someone who will absolutely Stand as a witness to your dream. Even participate in your dream if possible. Because we will always have idle thoughts to the contrary. That's where a friend, that's where a practitioner, that's where your minister, that's where a loved one can step in and say, wait, 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 wait a minute here. I'm hearing some plan B. <laughs> what happened to plan A? What happened with you going back to school? What happened with you making the effort to make that relationship whole again? What happened to your dream of this new business or this new job or this new home? How did that just go out the window? And your friend or your loved one will center you and say, your dream is whole and complete. Let's get back to it. Let us begin again if we have to. Let's forbid ourselves from going on Zillow until the house is, is being built, right? Let's do what's necessary to keep ourselves pure and honest in our intentions for good. Let us be fixing for the good life. Let us be prepared, fully prepared, to move into that new home, stepping into that new job. I'll tell you a little secret. Long before I knew about the law of attraction, long before I'd ever even been in this church, I harnessed this power to get my very first job in the city of Portland. So I had finished up school in Eugene, Oregon. I was up here in Portland applying for every job imaginable, staying with a friend. 
I didn't even get very many interviews. Someone finally told me, well, the telephone company is hiring. So sure enough, I, I called them up and they did an interview online and then I had to go down and take some tests. And then I had an interview and uh, they said, okay, so really the jobs we're hiring for, you're in, the jobs we're hiring uh, for are either in the Yellow Pages or to be a directory assistance operator. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I do not know if I could survive being tied to, and this was back in the days of cord, the cord boards and plugs, and I know I'm kind of dating myself, but that's sort of the truth of it. And I pictured myself sitting there, putting through long-distance calls and doing directory assistance, and I thought, surely I would die doing this. So what I did was I found out everything that I could find out about the Yellow Pages, and I determined that their building was at 1800 Southwest 1st. Guess what I did? For over a month, I got on the bus from my apartment in Northwest Portland, and I rode the bus over to my new building. I snuck in and I ate in the cafeteria there a few times. What was I doing? I was preparing this to be where I worked. I was preparing in every way imaginable for me to be working in the Yellow Pages division. And, and did I ever even have a thought of plan B? Plan B, well, I'll just work in operator services. I was not thinking about that at all. I learned about Yellow Pages. I learned about all the different names of the ad sizes. I did everything within my power to feel like I already worked there. And that was the job they offered me. They never even offered the directory assistance job. So in summary, whether your life is an engaging game or whether it's a colossal struggle, guess who it's up to, <laughs> right? It's up to you. Life is governed by spiritual laws, and when you know how the laws work, when you know how the game is played, you're in the zone. Life becomes enjoyable. Moving from one chapter of your life to the next seems pleasurable and fun, a new journey, a new chapter. You know, what delights will follow? Now, we also talked about the basic rules, the clarity of what you want, the clear message to the divine, and the elimination of contrary thoughts. Those are the three most important things around playing this game of life. We also discussed more concretely the law of prosperity and how to win at that game. You will get what you are prepared to get. So what are you prepared to get? What are you prepared to get in relationships? What are you prepared to get in your financial realm? What are you prepared to get in terms of education or enjoyment of life? What are you prepared to get? Well, I do have a bit of homework for you. You have many ideas, I'm sure, of improving your life. Doesn't everyone? Don't we all have dreams? What mental preparations have been made to accept this good? Is it just a wishful hopeful? Or are you preparing to enjoy that new element of your life? Do you see it? Do you visualize it? 
Is it part of who you are? Can you talk about it easy to someone else? Because that's your sense of clarity of what it is. And is there someone special that you can involve in this dream? Someone to bolster you when maybe you have lost sight of it. That's your homework for this week. Let us be preparing for the good life, not just hoping for it. I'm going to end with a quote from the book and a prayer. She says, One of the greatest messages given to the human race through the scriptures is that God is our supply and that we can release through our spoken word all that belongs to us. We must, however, have perfect faith in this spoken word, in these thoughts and beliefs. The prophet Isaiah said, My word shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish everything whereunto it is sent. So we know now that words and thoughts are a tremendous vibratory force ever molding our body, our affairs, and our life. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one joy, one goodness, only this one thing, I call it spirit. And what I know about spirit is everywhere present. It is moving in, around, and through each one of us right now. And I also know that it is God's good pleasure to set these intentions, to set our heart's desire into motion. And because of that, I know each one of us has the ability to clarify that motion. What is it that I wish to receive? What goodness in life am I ready for? Am I preparing for? And each one of us has the capabilities of making those preparations, of visualizing the good life, of, of feeling our good at hand, of believing that it is here for us right now, not in some unnameable future, but right now. This is the truth of who we are. This is the promise being fulfilled by Spirit as it responds to our preparations. I'm grateful for this. I release this prayer. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here to join us. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.